This podcast is sponsored by Vicon, the Academy Award-winning developer of motion capture products for the life science, entertainment, and engineering industries. Vicon provides cutting-edge hardware and software with the highest accuracy. Shogun, Vicon's visual effects software, developed specifically for the needs of the VFX community, captures full-body and high-fidelity fingers effortlessly in real-time and delivers robust, accurate, reliable data. Shogun now includes custom-developed virtual production tools to power your next-level project. Find out more at www.vicon.com. Oh, hello, Internet. This is Troy Baker, and I'm here with your lovely, very, very British host, Victoria Atkin. And this is the Performance Capture Podcast. So essentially, motion capture performers, like all the other performers, are here to tell stories. (laughs) And then they're like... You mean there there are actors in video games? I thought it was animation. I kind of created my position. Like nobody said, oh, you know, here you go to school to become a performance capture producer. I pretty much created my own career. I had done so much work, I felt like it was time for me to give back to the community that was so good to me. You know, the dots can tell if you're lying. You're listening to the Performance Capture Podcast. This is season three, and I'm really very, very excited to have an incredible guest on to here today. Uh, this is somebody in the industry that we've never really interviewed before, um, an area of the industry that we haven't tapped into yet, so I'm very, very excited. Um, I'd like to uh, introduce you. Uh, our first question is always, what is your name and where did you grow up? Hello, everyone. My name is Rohit Jindal, and I'm from Lucknow. It's a small town in the northern part of India. And uh, I grew up there, and uh, 16 years back, I moved on to Mumbai for my further education in animation. Then I was going places. I, I was in Hyderabad, Bangalore, and currently I'm in Mumbai for the current role I'm working on. That is so amazing. I love India. I was very lucky to go there um, a few years ago. So, uh, And you're based there now. You're calling from India today, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, fantastic. So, can you tell us about what you do, your official title, and where you work right now? So, I'm a lead animator with Ubisoft. I'm working on some really AAA titles right now. Uh, my last games were Red Dead Redemption 2 and GTA 5 when I was in Rockstar. And also, I realize that you've also, not only have you done performance capture um, and animation for video games, you did some animation for Disney's planes, is that right? Yes, absolutely right. So <laughs> um, uh, thank you for bringing that up. So I just uh, almost missed it. So it was like years back. So I joined animation industry like six years back, but I was in animation in core itself for like 16 years. I Initially, I was a 2D animator when I, all, I was like, drawing and uh, I moved on to 3D. I was working on some uh, television shows from Disney. Even I was working on Disney films, uh, Planes, Tinkerbell. And didn't you do Mickey Mouse Club? That was my initial gig when my, I first started my career back in 2007. So it was a great learning experience for me. <laughs> so we always ask everybody, um, and because you're so specific of what you do with animation for performance capture, how would you best describe what performance capture is? Well, I consider um, there are two terms, basically, performance capture and motion capture. So uh, because I'm from gaming, so I'll tell you more specific uh, in motion capture, we specifically record only the body. We capture, we try to capture the, only the body. We don't need facial and audio because that is for the gameplay uh, timelines. For performance capture, we have everything. We want everything like the body, the face, the emotions, audio, the environment, even the camera all comes together as a package. So performance capture is mainly for cinematics and even for the films, as you know, but for gaming, yeah. 
performance versus motion capture is cinematic versus gameplay. Mm, okay, so you always use performance capture for cinematics and motion capture for gameplay. Uh, yes, so that's what I described. I consider that, but it's a, a general term is motion capture, which we use uh, quite often uh, throughout. And how did you discover performance capture? We started talking about how you got into animation, but how did you discover performance capture and how did you become involved? What was your first project? So you can go back and talk to us about how you um, how you started as an animator and how that developed. I'm really keen to hear about when it transitioned for you into performance capture and when you became aware of this incredible, exciting medium. I said earlier, I was working on Disney, Disney planes long back and uh, back then, like years and years back, I had no clue of what motion capture is. I have no clue of, I have a very li- limited access to the internet. And there was uh, the only, um, actually over the, uh, while I was working over the table, I heard that there is some uh, project which came up in the same studio. They were doing some tests of uh, some facial capture and they were trying to audition some animators. And somehow I pushed myself in the list and uh, they I got, they got markers all over my face and that oh, was wow. a famous dialogue from friends uh, from Shui <laughs> and, uh, but nothing happened later that, uh, after that so, but that was a kickstart because that was something I really got interested into I wanted to learn uh, I wanted to work in motion captures so um, later on when I joined Rockstar uh, in 2014 if I remember correctly so my first uh, proper gig was like uh, GTA 5. So uh, that was a time when I properly transitioned from a keyframe hand key animator from, to a, a motion capture animator. By the way, uh, there's not much difference uh, between both. It's just a difference of medium you choose uh, while animating. So uh, uh, I believe that was a good experience for me because if uh, I currently, I know that there are many animators who, try, who wants to, uh, there's a whole new generation of animators who wants to work in motion captures, but they have not got much work on on, on hand key animation. So uh, that is a bit alarming. So I I do prefer like all the animators who wants to work in motion capture or for gaming or even for films, but for motion capture, uh, I strongly recommend you should have your hands on to uh, some, some part of 2D animation, like hand key animation. Once you get your hands on it, you got an expertise there, then you can jump onto performance capture and motion capture timelines because uh, in motion capture, basically, we, we have keys on each and every frame. And as an animator, animators don't like keys in each and every frame. Uh, so the hand key animators try to keep the timelines clean. So um, the more your experiences with your uh, normal keyframe animation, the better it will help you in learning and growing when it comes to working with motion capture uh, files. I want to hear a little bit more about you having the dots on your face and uh, reading lines as Joey from Friends. Like that, I, I need more experience. I need more story about that. How, how did that even happen? So they were lining up animators. They had a list and they were saying, I was going to test out this, this facial rig. Yes, uh, actually. So uh, I honestly, because that was like years back, so I don't know what was the plan, but I just knew that they were doing some tests there. That was new for me and my team, and they were making some list, and they want some someone who knew some good dialogue, and and I was seeing friends back then, and <laughs> Joey was my favorite. Oh, so you cho- you chose the script? I, I, I actually yes. <laughs> they got markers on my face. The funny part was I could not remove those markers, and I went home with the same markers on my face. It was like crazy. It was not just the doors; they have actually painted markers, and I could. It was hard for me to remove that. You probably didn't have any makeup remover at home, right? 
No. <laughs> so that's really interesting because um, when when would you say that was? You said that was a long time ago, but what's what was the year? Do you think what, ten years ago or or more than that? Uh, more than that. So oh, really? I would say somewhere around two thousand eight or nine, somewhere between okay. eight and nine. And that's when you, as an animator, really began to see facial capture and performance capture coming into into your work. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, after that, even like uh, seven years down the line, or um, I'm big, big picky seven years, but it has to be somewhere around six to seven years. Uh, I was still working on uh, some uh, some uh, nice films. I, even I was working on uh, VFX movies. I was in. I, I worked with on Percy Jackson's Sea of Monsters. I animated the dragon, mm-hmm. the sea dragon there. And once again, there was no support of mo- captures, of performance data. So we did hand keyed everything. Well, of course, keeping the following up all the references in the, from the world we can get for animating a dragon. But somewhere, somehow, everything was uh, leading me towards motion capture. Because uh, once again, uh, with the uh, reference the reference of background plates I was I had while animating the sea dragon. Once again, I felt the need. Okay, that technology, by the way, was rotoscopy. If we, because I'm from 2D background, so I'm that was a terminology. So um, uh, that actually helped me while animating animals in Red Dead Redemption 2. How did it help you? In in which specific way? So there's a possibility, uh, like for human body. Of course, we all know that we have costume and thoughts, right? So, but it was not a possibility for animals when you want to cap. There is no, you cannot just capture animals just like that, right? And uh, um, uh, we followed the same process. Like uh, we got all the references. I will give a small example. If that is the horse run, we got we got all the references of horse run, and uh, we were working on motion builder. Kept that um, reference as a BG plate, and we had a rig on top of that uh, reference. And um, uh, there was a timeline of specific frames, and we just has have to copy the 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 data onto my poses. So, uh, keying the key poses, and then one thing led to another. It was a process. This is actually an oversimplified version of what actually follows. So yeah, so that actually helped me in uh, understanding maybe that that process of animating. While you yeah. don't have the data, still you want the realistic. Uh, uh, keys, realistic performance of the data, then uh, you have to go back to the traditional technology where you have the references, getting that in the background and, and, and just copying it. Yeah. So what, what, what would you say is your favorite thing about motion capture? Why do you love this stuff more than, or maybe you don't, but uh, if, you were, if you were to say, oh, this, is, this is why I love going to work, I love doing this because of motion capture, what, what would it be? So I am um, more of a behind-the-scenes person when it comes to motion capture. I am the person who is preparing for motion captures and trying to get the shoots done according to the animation lists, what I have prepared, and getting the data back to the studio floor and with we, uh, myself and with, along with the team of animators, we just executed. So for me, everything just amazed me, just wowed me. Like everything was, I, I love everything. Uh, more specifically, if you're talking about my favorite, so um, being, I love the productivity part so i believe that this motion capture is extremely or performance capture is extremely productive for animators back during the traditional days not just back even today also if a clip of animation requires so and so amount of time i'll just give a rough figure for example if it requires 10 hours you don't require any time at all in the animation uh, uh, animation um, desk basically when the animator is animating you have the data captured you one day if i, I can give the count like if one day you are capturing 
somewhere around 30 clips, 30 actions, and uh, a team of animators, or like if, if it was like 30 animators required to produce or uh, produce a single animation. So uh, you can just do by one tenth of the size of team. So one productivity, and of course, it's like very fast. Especially it helps in gaming because in gaming we need we need to do some quick tests when it comes to prototyping, and uh, uh, we do not want to spend time in keyframing animation. Um, we um, so we do have a first pass of the motion captures. Uh, that's a standard process for all triple studios, even for Rockstar back then. So uh, we can have the first pass of the shoots done. Um, we call it the prototype. We tag it the prototype. We come back to the studio floor, make everything a game ready asset. We implement, we edit, basically, we modify the clip, stitch everything together in the game engine and uh, implement it. And we can see, we can actually judge. It will help. It, it actually helps us to decide the the metrics and the calculations between and even the speed of the walk and runs. And once you have everything is ready in the prototyping stage, then we can go back to the studio floor and we can ask the actors to uh, capture. So there's just a lot less time involved when you've already captured things for an animator. It just speeds up the process. Uh, yes. And how do you feel about real-time animation? Basically, all the animations, what we are doing is the real-time animation. Uh, we have a technician at the studio floor who's a mocap specialist right mm -hmm. so after you guys while you guys are acting out you, you uh, real time you get you the, the data is transferred to the to the model to the character model at the very moment and at that same point the data is retargeted you can say transferred to the rig to the character rig and for example if you have a rig captured a, a timeline of like for example two minutes or three minutes the same whole the, the full data is being executed or retargeted onto the character rig and then delivered us delivered to us to animators so that we can play around according to our um, uh, game requirement basically so yeah the real, real time we, we are always working on real time it's like a um, um, Back in Rockstar, even here also, it's a, it's a, every, every time it's a, it's a real time. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It really saves a lot of time when it's just straight away onto the character. Um, and I, I don't know enough about this, but I wondered if there is, it's becoming more and more accurate in that way. I think before it wasn't as accurate when you were doing delivering that straight away and there was having animators correct me if I'm wrong, animus is having to go in and touch up things and change things. But now I think the technology is becoming up to speed that there's not as much touch-ups and having to go back in. Exactly, because uh, uh, you, you got it right. So we have saved a lot. We, we do save a lot of time with that. There's, 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 a, there's a point of accuracy when it comes to uh, this kind of technology. Uh, we don't want to spend time that, okay, the data is captured at day one and day 23, we, someone is coming back to you saying that, okay, it was not captured because some part of some body part of it was broken in the character rig then, or something did not work out fine and then we have to capture it once again. So uh, I must say that this kind of thing still happens in some studios, maybe some, some small studios who, the studios which are exploring uh, uh, their market, uh, they, they, I, have, I know some studios who were trying to build their own motion capture stages in-house, in some small game studios. So mm -hmm. uh, this, uh, even in India, we have uh, a few, one or two, precisely, mm -hmm. like that. So I can anticipate, I don't know exactly, but I can anticipate this kind of thing happens because uh, we really need a big budget for, from, for yeah. uh, some awesome technology like this, yeah. and which actually saves the time. 
So um, I would love you to tell me about, uh, you told us about your experience first putting on the dots and things like that, but is there, um, we usually ask actors or directors a, an experience that they enjoyed on the motion capture stage, but I guess for you it would just be um, an, a specific experience of using performance capture. Was there anything somebody did, I don't know, picked their nose and you animated that? I don't know, something, something silly that you, um, or something just very memorable that you got to animate that you could tell us about using performance capture? Absolutely. So uh, during Red Dead, so one of my uh, key responsibilities was to convey and to plan out the motion captures. I was not physically there at the studio floor, at the, at the mocap uh, floor, but from, from I was in Bangalore back then, and uh, my, I have a team of animators who were giving me the requirements uh, to capture. That day, I was like, um, um, there was a video call happening, and I was seeing this flow virtually. So basically, uh, some weird kind of requirements came. Like uh, an animator just asked me to, can you please ask the actor to fall slow? And I was like, dude, how can you ask the actor to fall slow? They can. <laughs> That's your job as an animator uh, to make him fall slow or fast. So yeah, that will be your standard time. <laughs> <laughs> can you just like, fall a bit slower, please? <laughs> yeah. That's the gravity which is happening there. I just uh, love the combat part of it. Uh, I love the part when, when two actors are doing the combat choreography. So stunts? Yes, the stunt part. And I was just amazed because they were not actually fighting. He was at some way. He was not even, they were not in, interacting. But they were so skilled. You, act, you guys are so skilled that even though you're not interacting, but you kind of do the same action, do the, do act out the performance as if you are interacting with the same timing of hit and impacts keeping the metrics in 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 um in mind so all this was my like was the best part basically so yeah always like what quite memorable is there a character that you've really enjoyed animating or would there is there a character that's out there that you wish you'd been part of animating i, I really enjoyed animating the small kid uh jack maston so um basically we invented we gave equal importance to all the characters even even though, if, even if it is Arthur Morgan or Jack Maston or, or his son John Maston and that that small kid, uh, I was I just I love animating the small kid, Jack Maston. So as actors, we're told to sometimes limit things that we do so that because it would be more expensive for animators to do it. So, for example, um, when I had Evie Fry had a pocket watch that I said, you know, she's very organized she would be on time for things can we have a pocket watch and they said yeah you can have it we'll animate it on but you won't be able to use it um i'm i'm thinking that's mainly to do with budget um perhaps you can clarify whether it's budget or whether it's there's something specific that you have to do with animation to different things that can move and why we have to limit that for example like if i wanted to play with my buttons on my shirt or something like that could you tell could you explain more if there's if there are some props which are hanging around or which the character is having, uh, we prefer that the actor should be having those same props there, whether it be the buttons playing on the buttons or the watch, or even the watch in hand. If there isn't some interaction happening, because all those small, all those detailed nuances does impact the animations, the character animations, what uh, is being implemented here. So the production stage that offers us as actors the props, the more of those that we can have. Um, and they that helps you 
Yes, I would like to highlight here that it's always good to convey like uh, uh, from uh, like you guys as an actor and we guys as an animator, we should do the communication in as detail as possible. If there's something not working out, like uh, I will not feel like, okay, I should not tell the actors to wear the watch at that, that point. Maybe they will feel a bit uncomfortable, but that will really cost us upon the animation time when we will do it. Yeah. I've had that said to me before, like, oh, no, let's, let's cut that bit because uh, that's going to cost a lot of money. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah, so it's always good that you, okay, you just communicate, convey, and just tell uh, at, at every point that, okay, this is something which we want or will, will not work out. For example, if uh, as an animator, if you uh, jump, if, because I'll tell specifically from the gameplay point of view, uh, if there is a specific uh, metrics like from A to B, if you are jumping uh, from platform one to platform two, and if it is not working out, if you're not reaching the desired distance, we really definitely ask you to just have a retake, just try to reach that point there. So that will really help animators to animate, unless until that is completely impossible. So uh, we'll have a dummy distance covered, and then in animation we just take it forward and do the edits. And can you, uh, you started telling us at the beginning about advice for animators. What advice would you give to other people listening that want to get into a similar field of animating performance capture? But I'm seeing we have a whole new generation of animators coming up. And uh, every like second day, honestly, every third day, I'm, getting, uh, I'm, uh, I'm reading many blogs uh, and uh, uh, I'm, getting I'm, I'm, I'm getting queries that uh, we want to learn Motion Builder. Motion Builder is a tool, it's an animation tool where we do all the great animation work which we get from the animation data, mocap data from you guys. So we want to learn Motion Builder in order to work in motion captures. I would say that it's not big. If you are just new to the industry, it's not just about motion builder. It's about crafting your skills as an animator first. Mm -hmm. um, then, if, if even if it is Maya or motion builder, any other software in the world, uh, you you it will be like it's just technology. It, it won't take much time. At least. Is um, basically uh, yeah. You can just get trained onto uh, um, basically just get your skills uh, ready just practice as much and much as possible yeah. get your real upright for the new uh, animators who want to apply for the gameplay positions uh, try to get uh, some uh, um, gameplay clips uh, for example if it's, if, yeah, if if it is a um, um, pick out a favorite uh, clip from your favorite game and just try to animate that uh, replicate that in your animation in maya or motion builder and uh, not just a linear animation like we have for films, but this position for gaming, then try to break it down into uh, various segments and, and try to stitch it together, uh, leading uh, where you have where you're respecting the idol and the branch poses. If once you are demonstrating those skills in your showreel, uh, this will really help you a lot. That's really We have right. too much data on internet. We have we have uh, um, game. We have uh, tutorials on. Uh, many game engines right try to learn like is basically uh, i'll talk about in india in my country we don't have any much uh, colleges and gaming and everything we have to learn by our own self that's why i was going to actually ask you about your training and education you you taught yourself taught uh yes technically i did animation filmmaking when i was in college back like years back and that was just a filmmaking course where i was where i learned to the animation and all this was i learned just learned over the period of time uh 
everything led one lump after the after the after the other like as i said i start it was a funny incident but that thing on uh, having the markers painted on my face they did give me an impact okay what is this technology what is this happening let's dig it further let's investigate what is this uh, moving on i was working on that dragon see dragon but there was um, it was just um, background references i was copying and basically uh, I, in short i will say that just try to be um, um, as as curious as possible curiosity is a real theme across our podcast that you've probably noticed um gerardo was talking about that as um his in his position on uh, season 1 and a lot of them and a lot of us that have become into this performance capture have kind of stumbled across it and and happy accidents have occurred and universal timing it's been really really great my one other question you talked about your training and your education you did some at college and then you learned mostly the rest of it um the gaming industry is a global enterprise and you're based in mumbai are there specific locations you must live in to be a lead animator like yourself uh not really you can work from anywhere so that is not a concern any especially we um, um especially in lockdown we are actually working from home anyways Yeah exactly right now with covid you can you can still carry on with everything that you were doing. And my final question is how can we find you? What are your social media handles if there's an animator out here thinking, "Oh my goodness, Rohit was so incredible. I need to know more information from this guy. How do I follow him? How do I get in touch with him?" Basically, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm always active on LinkedIn, my Instagram, my Facebook page. So yeah these are my most common social media handles where I'm always active at so I love talking to people I love talking to new people I love not just creative side of animation because in gaming you have to be technical as well so I like talking interacting with some programming experts uh talking about um the future of motion capture like one thing I I really believe there there should be something um you can say a central library for motion capture data like for example when you guys are done with a project with a production yes it would be good for you guys as animators uh it would be great for us as actors if there were residuals for that that people could use and grow and learn from it maybe that's a good idea that somebody listening to this can implement that everybody wins um anyway we got to wrap up now but thank you can you just tell me your instagram handle is it just your name at or your linkedin what is it it's a rohit.jindaal thank you so much rohit um for joining us from india today it is wonderful to have you on here it makes my covid experience talking to people like yourself extremely <laughs> improved and thank you um yeah just thank you for joining us and for your curiosity and for all of your work in the industry so far and i look forward to seeing more of your work as both of our careers progress in this incredible industry thank you Season 3 of the Performance Capture podcast was recorded and edited at Soundbox Studios in Los Angeles. Soundbox LA is the founding studio in the Soundbox Studio Group, a collective of talent-owned and operated boutique voiceover studios with multiple locations in the Los Angeles area and Southern Colorado. You can find out more at soundbox.la. We'd like to send out a huge thanks to Soundbox Studio City's very own Ryan Riveros for editing the episodes of season 2 and now season 3. The multi-talented Ryan is also the composer of our theme music. <laughs>